This is the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. To find out more about Keystone, visit keystonerdu.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. Light. Light. Without light, imagine what life would be like. For many today in this world, the blind, they exist without comprehending what light is. That blind man or that woman or that young child that is blind this morning can hear and smell and feel and many times they can do that even at a heightened capacity because they cannot see. But in all of that heightened hearing and smelling and feeling, the blind today lack the visual confirmation of life. And I can't wrap my brain around that. I mean, I feel uh, for those who have experienced that or, or are experiencing, experiencing that. Light. Imagine what life would be like without it. That young child who's afraid to fall asleep without their nightlight on. Don't lie, we're in church. Grown adults, how many of you still sleep with some sort of light on? Raise your hand, don't be shy. All right, we got a couple. We got a couple. Without it, you wake up in the middle of the night to get a glass of water and you step on the Lego. And then you talk about the Lord for a little while. (laughs) That dark night that would cause that hiker to find his cabin very quickly. That dark night that would cause that hunter to make sure he was well protected. The darkness of an abandoned alleyway that you would probably skip if you walked home from work on a Saturday night late. What would life be like without light? Today we're going to focus on Jesus being the light of the world. And I want to say this, certainly this morning, there are many additional texts in Scripture that deal with this. I'm not, this morning, even attempting to take this topic and to fully exhaust it, for we would be here for much longer than you want to be here for. But let's dig right in this morning to the outline. I want us to see this, number one, that light is most effective in darkness. Light is most effective in darkness. And the light shines in darkness, verse 5, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Make no mistake about it this morning, believer, follower of Jesus, if that is you today, if you are a follower of Jesus today, this world and this culture and the sin that has infiltrated this world and this culture for centuries on end, has left us with a culture that is living and promoting living in, in darkness. And what I mean by that is living opposed to God and his word and the values that are found within. People today live in the sinful darkness of doing whatever pleases their flesh and doing whatever they want to do or doing whatever they feel is necessary in this dog-eat-dog world to survive. We live in a dark 
culture today. But Jesus came to this dark culture and to this sinful world and he came not to condemn it, but to redeem it. John chapter 3, just two chapters uh, past where we read our text this morning, verse 17. Y'all know 16? All right, here's 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe in him, uh, who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Verse 19, and this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Ladies and gentlemen, this morning, I, I am not trying to uh, be a doomsday or be a negative Nancy uh, this morning. If anybody in here is Nancy, I apologize. Um, but I'm um, not trying to be negative uh, this morning. But I'm trying to bring us to a reality that we live in a darkened world that's been darkened by sin. And can I say this? It's been blinded by sin. You see what the Bible calls sin, we now celebrate. Uh, what the Bible condemns clearly, uh, we now not, not only celebrate, but we propagate and we, we push in our culture, in our society. And this morning, we exist and we live in 2019. We live in a culture that is being more and more led astray into the darkened world of sin. And can I say this? In the modern technology that we have, I believe in the last 15 to 20 years, we have progressed in such a rapid pace that, that not only do we have the sin-filled wickedness and the, and the sinfulness in this dark world, but we have it on demand. We have it now at our fingertips. Listen up, can I be, there's, not, there's no little kids in here, we're good, right? Listen, in 1995, you want to cheat on your spouse? Well, guess what? You've got to form an actual relationship with someone at work. You begin talking to them and you begin sharing things with them you probably shouldn't share, but you, know, you don't feel too bad about it. And then over time, that thing, and, and, and that still happens, by the way. However, today, I would venture to say that most start in one place. You know where it is? The internet. Most start with a social media connection or a, a text or some sort of digital communication. Most of them. You see, sin has become so much easier. It's become on demand. It's, it's become, I haven't seen that person in 15 years. They live in another state. I remember 15 years ago when we had a thing back then. Oh, but now we're friends on social media. We live in a not just a darkened world of sin, a darkened world of sin that is so easily accessible. So easily accessible. That light came into the world, but men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Light is most effective in darkness. We do our best to light in here um, as good as we can. We have two options. If you look up, there are these rectangular lights above you that are off. If we turn those on, they are, in fact, we'll do it after the service as we're tearing down. It'll be so bright in here that your eyes, it takes you a while to get adjusted. They actually just put these in 
last year, those rectangular lights. Luckily, praise the Lord, we found two bulbs that work and we moved one bulb from like over here. We had a lift in here one day and we moved them to these two spots. It's the only way we can light the crowd at all in here. And so some of y'all sitting there like, oh, like, you know, you're glowing. It's great. We're working on it. We're trying to spread the light out as good as we can. We even open up the back back there. We don't do that. And I know it's become an easy route to the restrooms. We didn't do it for that reason. We did it so that we could turn on the lights back there. And those lights would kind of filtrate in here and make it a little bit better. By the end of the day, when we walk in here on Sunday mornings at 730, it's pitch black. And as we open that door right there, that light that comes through that door right there is a sharp light. You know why? Because light is more easily recognized in darkness. You see, we could turn all of these lights out. We've blacked out the windows up top there so there's not harsh sunlight shining in on our stage. So we've done all this. We could turn all these lights off in here and be sitting in complete and utter darkness and I could light a match. And every single one of you will be drawn to that match. You know why? Because light is most effective in darkness. This morning, we have some colored lights that are uh, pushed up on the, the back here, and we've got some lights that are coming onto the stage. If we turned on those rectangular lights, you would no longer even notice these lights that are back here, and you would less notice the colored lights that we have around our stage. But you notice them more because it's a little dark. And Christian, can I say this morning that as we look around at the darkness of this world, instead of being discouraged by all the sin in this world, and it would be very easy if we're negative to be so discouraged as we're raising families and living in this world, I say to look on the other side of that. And look on the other side of that, and it says, listen, we're living in a dark world, which means the light of Jesus can shine even brighter. Does anyone know over the last 10 years, say, I believe it's since, since 2001, the country that has grown the most in Christianity, Christianity has grown the most at the most rapid pace in this country in the world since 2001. You know what that country is? Iran. Iran. If I named that country, it would be I walked, all right, because I didn't run. But anyway, um, but uh, <laughs> that country, Iran. And, and let's, let's, be, let's be honest. In 2001, we would have said, whoa, whoa, whoa. We would have said, man, that, that's a very dangerous, and it, it, it was, let's be real, it's, it is, it was. Very dangerous place to be. But the light shines in darkness. And the light shines most effectively in the darkness. And some of the best Christians that we will never know on this side of heaven I hope to meet in heaven one day, and that's the faithful Christian that's been meeting maybe in an underground church in the country of Iran for the last 15 years. It's that faithful family that's been serving Jesus uh, behind the back of the government in China for decades. It's those who lived in persecuted, dark areas that the light of Jesus shone brightly in. You see, light is most effective in darkness this morning, but I want us to notice this secondly. That light shows us our flaws. Light shows us our flaws. We were just in John chapter 3. And we finished in verse 19. Verse 20 in that same chapter says this. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light. Why? 
lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. You see, when Jesus came, he did not come to condemn the world. We found that out in the previous verses, but to redeem the world. But we must understand in order for Jesus to get this world to understand the redemption power that he brought, he had to, under, he had to get us to understand our lostness and our sin. And you see, as the light shines on us, it shows us our flaws. Every morning, we all wake up and go through our morning routine, whether you uh, shower, bath, whatever you do at night or in the morning. Either way, you wake up in the morning and it's dark and you walk in that bathroom or wherever you get ready and you turn that light on and you look in that mirror for the first time every morning. And guess what the light does every morning? I gotta be real. Some of us, more than others, you know what it does? It shows us our flaws. Every morning. Every morning we awake out of the darkness of sleep and out of the darkness of the night and we turn on a light and our flaws are exposed. My hair is going crazy. When my beard was a little longer, my beard was going crazy. I look like, you know, I got hit by a Mack truck. Every one of us wakes up and guess what? That light shows us our flaws. You see, we can be here today and as you are, are sitting here, and, and this is not happening, I promise to you, but as you're sitting here, there could be uh, something crawling on you. Uh, Lord, I hope it's not happening. Uh, something could be crawling on you and guess what? You don't see it until you walk out in that lobby because why? The light is lighter out there and all of a sudden you're going to see that flaw that's been crawling on you for the last 15 minutes. Everybody's looking. I saw you. I promise it's not happening. Um, but at the end of the day, I think we understand that light shows us flaws. The closer I put my arm up to the light, the more blemishes show, the more the freckles show, the more, is it aging when you get those? Oh, is that it? Okay. Um, thank you, Melissa. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I know. Sorry. Sorry. The more I see those spots on my skin that I'm like, this wasn't there 10 years ago. Like what is wrong with me? Right. And may I say this today, that the closer that we get to Jesus Christ, the light, the more and more we will see the flaws of our flesh. The closer we get to the light of the world, the more we'll see the sin that we have allowed to impact us and to infiltrate into our lives. And you know, we don't want to do that because we don't want, as the scripture said, our deeds to be exposed. But when Jesus came to be the light of the world, part of his plan was that the people that were in need of redemption would have their sins illuminated. And setting off their, under, their need for an understanding of a savior. You see, before you can ever be saved and come to the light, you have to comprehend that you're lost and living in darkness. And that light will draw out that out, that light will expose the fact that you're living in darkness. You see, before you can accept the truth, you must come to grips with the fact that maybe you've been believing a lie, right? Before you can make positive changes in your life, you must come to grips with the fact that negativity has taken over your life. Before you can come to the light, you must comprehend that you've been living in darkness.
And the light will do that. It will illuminate areas in your life of sin, areas in your life that should be exposed. But thankfully, it doesn't stop there. Thankfully, the good news of Jesus being the light of the world is not just that this world is dark and this world is full of sin and this pastor is so negative. (laughs) It's not secondly that the light will expose our flaws and will show us how sinful we are in this. Once again, this pastor is so negative. But thirdly, I want us to see this. Light gives us hope. Light gives us hope. Staying in the same book, the book of John, down in verse 8, when Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. You see, the light of the world gives you and I hope. It gives us hope this morning. Hope that we don't have to live in darkness anymore. Hope that darkness will not prevail when it's all said and done. Hope that the light of the world wants to shine his light through you and through me. The light of the world this morning gives us hope. Just like the the ship that's out at sea and has lost all communication with with the shore and and uh, the the storm has come and it's in the middle of the night and they don't know where to go and which way to turn and all they need to see for just a glimmer of hope is that lighthouse sometimes miles away in the distance but if they can just see that light they know that there's the shore and there's where we head that hope that comes if you can imagine yourself being lost at sea The same way a lost man or a lost woman or a lost teenager or a lost young person being shipwrecked by sin and out in the darkness of this world, all we need this morning is a little bit of hope. All you need this morning, you've been living in sin and the devil's got you down and Satan's been beating you upside your head for the last few weeks and you're not sure what's going to happen next. All you need is a glimmer of hope and that hope is to see the light in the distance, that light. It's not a self-help program, even though those are good. That light is not a group of friends who can encourage you, even though those group of friends are great. That light is not an organization to belong to. No, that light is Jesus Christ. He is the hope this morning. He is the hope. He's the blessed hope the Bible calls him, but he is our hope. Just as Isaiah prophesied in chapter 9 of his book in verse 2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Can I say when Jesus Christ was nailed to the cross, as he was there for several hours, middle of the day it said it went dark. It went dark. And the light of the world hung on a tree, dark. You know why? Because it was when he was hanging on that tree that the sin of my life and the sin of your life and the sin of every human being that ever has and ever will live was placed on the light of the world. And the world went dark. 
You know why? To give us hope. To give you hope this morning. To give me hope. To give every human being alive on the face of this earth before, now, or later. Hope. Jesus Christ, the light of the world, hung beaten and mocked and stripped on the cross in darkness to bring you hope. To bring you hope. You say, prove that, Josh. I'll prove it to you. Three days later, as he lay for three days in a dark, hopeless tomb, three days later, Jesus Christ arose and it quickly went from Christmas Sunday to Easter Sunday, very quickly. He arose in victory and he arose in triumph and as he arose and came from that tomb, the light of the world shone brightly. In fact, as people saw him, they, were, they had to fixate their eyes properly, the light of the world. Many theologians believe that the, the soldiers who were there to guard the tomb were so taken back by that light that it knocked them completely out and that was, some people agree, some people disagree, that doesn't necessarily matter. All that matters is the one that had been in darkness because of taking on our sin and your sin and my sin, he resurrected in light. He lives in light. Those who were walking in darkness saw a great light three days later as Jesus rose triumphantly from the grave. This morning, I want us to remember that the light gives us hope. Hey, I don't care what your situation is today. I don't care what your family, I don't care how bad it is right now in your life. And I don't even know how bad it is. I want you to know that Jesus is the light of the world and the light gives you hope. The light gives you hope. Listen, you say my life is shipwrecked and my life has been out at sea and it's, it's like I've lost all communication with anything spiritual and I'm, I'm crying out and looking for God and I don't know where he is. If you could just turn your eyes this morning in a distance and see the light. The light of the world, Jesus. He doesn't force himself upon you this morning. The light of the world does not invade your life and, and, and cause you headaches and, and not being able to see. That's not the way Jesus works. He comes as a still, small voice. This morning, I invite you to look at the light. I invite you to turn to the light. The light gives us hope. Light and the light of the world did not end on a dark cross. It didn't end in a dark tomb. But light and the light of life truly began at the resurrection. At the resurrection. And that light wants to change your life today. Christian, you've been struggling. Things have gotten you uh, to a point where maybe your relationship with God is, is further in distance than it usually has been in the past. I want to say this tonight or this morning that Jesus loves you and he gives you hope and he wants to restore you. You're here this morning and you say, Josh, I have to be honest with you. I wouldn't claim myself to be a believer. I don't really get all this stuff. I wouldn't claim to be a believer in Jesus. But can I say this? He loves you so much. He loves you enough to listen to your doubts. He loves you enough to listen to your questions. He loves you enough to be with you when you're questioning him and when you honestly don't believe in him. He loves you through all of that. He loved you so much that he sent hope the light of the world, Jesus, to live on this earth, to die for you, 
I know this. I know that Jesus can change your life. I know that Jesus Christian can bring you closer in your relationship back to God. I know that the light of the world this morning has uh, and can and will continue to blot out the darkness of this world. I know that those who used to walk in darkness met Jesus and they saw a great light. You remember a man in the New Testament? His name was Saul. You remember Saul? He was on the road to Damascus and what happened? A great light shone. And Saul was never the same. In fact, his name was never the same. He was Paul. And, and Saul, now Paul, had his life completely altered by the light of the world. In conclusion today, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. John chapter 12, verse 35. Then Jesus said to them, a little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have the light. This was Jesus talking to his disciples. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. In one of the most tragic statements in the Bible, look at verse 37, either on the screen or in your Bible. But although he had done so many signs before them, the light had they did not believe in him. Tragic verse. Sir, ma'am, teenager, boy, girl, wife, husband, mom, dad, while there is time, while the light beckons you to draw near, While the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart, would you believe in Jesus, the light of the world? Would you walk in light and not in darkness? What a sad thought. Although he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in him. I think of it this way in our current society. Although they had grown up in church, although they had learned Bible stories in Sunday school, although they had even volunteered and served in the church, although they had been generous with their money for great causes, although they had served their neighbors with kindness, they did not believe 
in him. There will be many on that day that said, Lord, we even cast out demons in your name and prophesied in your name. And he's going to say what? Depart from me. I never knew you. You say, Josh, you're trying to scare me this morning. No, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm asking you a simple question. The light of the world, who as he was on Calvary's tree, took on your sin. Before that, he had lived a perfect life, you know, a life without sin, a life that we know nothing about because we've been dealing with sin ever since we can remember. He lived that sinless life on that cross. He took the sins of Josh Cox and he took the sins of Reed Churchill and John Stallings and Bruce Wimberly and Alice Dugan and Kevin Yapadia. He took those sins and the light of the world, the light was put out temporarily. Jesus died. He died. And he died for you. Your sin. He died on that cross. He didn't stay dead because you and I, or at least I wouldn't worship a dead Savior. Three days later, that dark tomb came forth the light of the world. And Jesus rose again. Hey, the best thing about Christmas is Easter. The best thing about Christmas is Easter. And you know why he did that? He did that. He rose in victory so that you could live in victory. If you believe in him, if you repent of your sins, place your faith and your trust and give your heart to Jesus. I mean, what a great Christmas it would be, wouldn't it? What a great Christmas it would be. I remember as a 19-year-old boy, I was raised in a pastor's home. I heard the gospel presented more times than I could remember by more people than I could remember. And I remember as as a 19-year-old boy thinking for the last eight years or so, every time someone presented the gospel, I, I resisted as a pastor's son. For the last eight or nine years, since I was 10 or 11, every time I heard someone say exactly what I just said for the last five minutes, I would get sweaty. And I'd do that, like, if y'all raised in church, y'all know about this, the pew grip. Like, I'd be like, reach for the pew in front of me, I'd like, put my head down. Like, stop talking to me. We did it old school in my church, man. We stood at the end for an invitation. We had people down here glaring at you. Um... Wait for, you to, wait for you to come forward. I was like, we're going to have some friendly people down here <laughs> to help you. It's like, we're going to, and men or ladies, it doesn't matter. And we're going to have like all men up here that are like, it's like some lady's going to come forward. Anyway, um, I digress. But I remember going, I'm not, I'm not giving in. I'm the pastor's son. I'm the pastor's son. And resisting and resisting and resisting and resisting and resisting and resisting. And 19 years old, I'll never forget it. I wish I could tell you it was an amazing Bible sermon. It wasn't. I wish I could tell you this morning that it was, that, I, that immediately I was like, boom, I'm done. This is going to, no, I, I remember once again trying my best to say no. And I could say no, no, I could say no, no longer. As a 19 year old boy. Young man.
Let's be honest, boy. You say, Josh, you believed in the light of the world at 19? I sure did. Was life just amazing after that? Oh, no, I went through um, my early 20s. And my early 20s were the lowest spiritual time of my life. Was life perfect? Absolutely not. Did you make all the right choices? And man, everything just turned around in your life and it was like, yippee. Nope. But I will say this. There was something different right It didn't always act out properly. In fact, rarely did it for the first few years. But there was something different. And I knew it. I knew it. The things that I used to do that I could justify and I no longer could justify them in my heart. For God's Holy Spirit dwelt within me and he convicted me of my sin repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. I'm inviting you today and we're done. If you've never trusted in the light of the world, he wants to come into your tumultuous, shipwrecked life, if that's what you have. And he wants to give you light this morning. Christian, believer, have we been closing our eyes and living willfully in darkness? Hey, open your eyes again. See the light of the world. This Christmas, renew your relationship with him. This has been the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. For more information about Keystone Church, visit keystonerdu.church. Please subscribe to hear future messages. Thank you.